And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. And, well, we're a couple days away from Thanksgiving, which means a couple of different things. It means that at work we put out a news release that said that uh, millions and millions of people are going to be traveling over the Thanksgiving Day holiday. And it also means Dan Zielinski from the Rubber Manufacturers Association is going to call in and tell us about, well, the thing that people don't remember to do, and that's check their tires before they go out and hit the road for Thanksgiving. Dan, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Thanks a lot, John. I appreciate always being here. And, um, yeah, you you hit it dead on. Um, Unfortunately, people just aren't paying attention to the basic maintenance they need to keep their tires rolling for as, as long as they possibly can. Our, our latest survey, which covered about 3,000 vehicles where we measured tread depth, found that about 12% of cars have at least one bald tire. And as you well know, you know a bald tire is a dangerous tire. It doesn't grip the road properly. Um, it means you have longer stopping distances. In some states that have inspections, it means you fail the inspection. So there's a recognition that these are tires that shouldn't be on the road, but we see too many of them out there. Absolutely. And... Um, we always used to say take a take a penny and you know measure the tread depth with the penny and that always that always was told you what the bare minimum was but recently I've seen some tests and that tells you when you have about two thirty seconds of rubber left. Recently I've seen some tests that show the difference between a tire at two or three thirty seconds and one at four or five thirty seconds in wet road conditions can mean the difference uh, in stopping distance from sixty miles an hour. Uh, add it could add fifty or sixty feet. So a huge difference. So people really need to pay attention to their tr- tire depth. That's exactly right. We still advocate the penny. Um, and you're right. As tread depth does decrease, stopping distances do increase. Um, however, uh, I mean, you can make that argument for, for almost any tread depth, whether it be from mm. uh, 2 to 4 or 4 to 6 or 6 to 8. Yep. Um, it is always important, though, that people, again, if you're, if you're, regularly checking your, your tire pressure every month, as, as you and I both recommend, and inspect the, the tread depth. As you see the tread depth start to to get lower and lower over the course of the, the life of the tires, it, you should have an appreciation for what that does. Um, and so you can take appropriate measures um, you know, to control your speed and stopping mm. distance and so forth. But when it does get to that 230 seconds, I mean, you're right, that is the bare minimum. It's, 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 it's at the it's at the removal point. Two thirty seconds is not the bare minimum. It's the removal point. Right it's down that far, go. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is, one, one, uh, you know, everybody knows about the four tires in their car, and you know, well, well, I guess actually, not that many people actually take care of the four tires. What's your study showing that one out of four or one out of five cars have a either underinflated or badly worn tire? Um, on tire pressure, about half of the a little more mm. than half of vehicles have at least one underinflated tire. And about 12% of vehicles have at least one bald tire. So right. there's a lot of tire maintenance problems out there we have to solve, John. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're doing it. And the one tire that sometimes people forget about is their spare tire, right? Oh, that's absolutely right. Um, we've done um, phone and even online surveys asking about that. And about two-thirds, um, so more than six out of ten drivers, never, I mean, never check the air in the spare tire. So think about it. If you're out for Thanksgiving or, or holiday travel, and you have uh, a tire puncture, you have to, you're off the side of the road, you go to get that spare, it's no good to you if it's flat. Yeah, it, that's absolutely true. And these days, it seems like it's easier to get a complete meal at a gas station than it is get the air in your tire checked. But we have, <laughs> but yeah, but we have great partners like Sullivan Tire that are more than happy uh, to, uh, you know, if you bring a car in, to check the um, air in your tires. That's right, and I know we talk about them all the time. Um, Sullivan Tire works with us in our B-Tire Smart program. They're really wonderful partners in that education effort to educate people about tire maintenance. Um, I know that um, a number of their locations, uh, they have an air pump, just especially for for people to come in. All they need is air. So, And there's someone there that will help you um, to do that, but they've gone, I think, an extra step in trying to make sure that if, all you need is to put air in your tires. They have that resource available so you can get in and out fairly quickly. Yeah, it really and it really is so important to make and at sure. No charge. 
Yeah, at no charge. And to make sure it gets done, and, and they're going to look at your tires and they're looking at uh, tire pressure. But um, I think some people forget, and even to the point where it gets a little confusing. You know, we still, I still talk to people on almost a daily basis that are confused about how much air to put in their tires. Do I go by the outside of the tire? Do I go by what it says oh, in yeah. the door? Do I go by what it says in the owner's manual? Do I go by what Uncle Frank tells me to do? Yeah. Well, um, and as, as you know, and we try to tell folks um, you know, twice a year when we talk, it's, it's that sticker on the driver's side door jam or the owner's manual. Mm. Um, nowadays, a lot of tires, their maximum pressure, which, and that's the pressure on the sidewalk, the maximum pressure for the tire. You know, it's 44 or 51 PSI. Um, if you inflate your tires that much, um, the tire's not going to explode, but what it means is your tire's all pumped up. Think of, you know, what happens when you really pump up a balloon, and I don't want to equate a balloon to a tire, but when you think of that, um, it gets very tight and hard. Well, your tire will, too, making it more susceptible to damage if you hit something in the road. Not only that, when your tire's pumped up that much, you're lifting the outer... Uh, the outer edge of the tire, tire tread, off the road a little bit. So you're not getting the proper grip on the road, and you're going to wear out the center part of your tire much more quickly than the, than the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, it really is so important. And it's so simple, and it's, in most cases, free to do. So it's, you know, nice, easy maintenance for people to take care of. Uh, today's tires, even with tire pressure monitor systems, can be not particularly accurate sometimes, or they give you so many false alarms, you stop paying attention to it. Next thing you know, it was telling you the truth the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this time of year in particular, as the temperatures drop, it's, um, it's the tire pressure monitoring system warning light season. Yeah. Um, as probably you see all the time. People come in, that thing goes on, they think something's wrong, and really all they need is air in their tires because as temperatures drop, about every 10-degree drop in temperature, you lose about 1 PSI of pressure. Um, and, and another thing about that warning system, it is, it's is—it's great to have in the car, but when the light goes on, it means you've lost 25% of your air pressure. And that's significantly low, and that's a point where you can start to cause damage from your tire as heat builds up inside. You're, lo- you're wasting gas, and you're wearing out your tires faster than you want to. You're going to be at the tire store faster than you want to be. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things that, you know, we look at, and... And, uh, you know, some of the tire pressure sensors, I guess, don't work particularly well when the temperature drops below zero degrees, right? You know, I haven't heard that. I yeah. mean, I know there have been some complaints about some monitoring systems. Mm. But, you know, as we always say, uh, the tire pressure monitoring system does not replace your tire gauge. Right. You know, it's an additional tool in your car that gives you a warning when something's pretty wrong. So you don't want to reach the point where things are that wrong. You want to check your tire pressure once a month with a gauge. Yeah, I like to tell people the tire pressure monitor system is a little like the oil light in your car. When it comes on, you need to stop right away. When the tire pressure light comes on, well, you should have been just like you should be checking your oil periodically. Pull the dipstick out and actually check the oil. Same thing, get out there with the tire pressure gauge and actually check the air pressure in the tires. You know, do it once a month to make us happy. How's that? Yeah, that's, uh, that's perfect. Um, but you're absolutely right. Um, you know, the thing about cars these days, they, they last so much longer now. And um, especially in the early years, it's all you, it's like almost the only things you need to do is check the oil and the, um, the air filter and, and the tire pressure. And I think people get um, used to not doing anything with their cars on a regular basis. So the basics kind of get forgotten. Right. And just like if... Um and, you know, gasoline prices are going down. We're seeing them continue to go down, and hopefully they're going to keep going in that direction. That would be great. But yeah. the tires, when they're properly inflated, roll easier, and your car gets better fuel economy because of it. And if you don't think so, you know, go out and ride a bicycle and kind of take, you know, half the air out of a tire and find out how much harder it is to pedal the bicycle. The same thing, the same idea goes with your car. Yeah, I, I use that same bicycle example a lot, and I think it really il- illustrates the issue perfectly. I mean, because you're right, if your tire, bike's tires are underinflated, you're, you're going to get a good workout. Um, and when your tires are underinflated, underinflated, your engine gets a workout, and so does your wallet, because you're, you're throwing away money at the gas pump. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And we're, 
We're uh, looking at winter weather here. The temperature this morning, I think, was in the teens around here in Boston. And, uh, you, know, you know, God help the people up in Buffalo. But uh, yeah. just, like, just like people that... Um, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, you know, necessarily play golf with uh, loafers, and you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't go out and, you know, try to, you know, run up and down a football field with, uh, you know, flip flops on. Having the right tires for winter is important too, right? That, that's that's another good analogy, John. Um, you know, I think um, in in the U.S. with the proliferation of all season tires, people get um, uh, somewhat spoiled by that because you know, as all season suggests there is capability through all four seasons. Mm. But an all-season tire is also a compromise for all those. So you don't get um, the optimum performance for for winter with an all-season tire. It gives you some, but not optimum. Mm. Now, when you're up, up there in the greater uh, northeast uh, in New England, you have more persistent cold. And it's not just the winter tires are designed to cut through snow and slush, but they're also compounded. The rubber compounds are designed to perform better in persistently cold temperatures below like 45 degrees because as you know think about it rubber gets cold it gets a little bit hard and so it doesn't get have the same grip the winter tires are compounded so that in the colder weather they're softer to use an analogy and they'll give you better grip on the road so Mm. that's why they're fully designed not just snow but also cold yeah it really and it seems to me and only because i'm as old as tires, I suppose. Uh, it always—it seems to me that when all-season tires came out, they were more of an all-season tire that I thought were more capable in winter. Now, what I'm seeing—at least it seems to be my opinion—that all-season tires today are more capable, are more of a three-season capable tire, and a little less capable in the winter time. Yeah, all the. Um uh, winter tires have to meet a specific uh, traction capability, and that's why they get uh, this this uh, moniker on the side. It's a it's called the Three Peak Mountain Snowflake. Mm. Um, that's when you know you have a winter tire. Some all season tires, be, their, their winter traction meets that, and they get they may have that that stamp on them as well. But you know, again, especially as uh, tires, and we're getting a little technical here, have trended more toward higher speed and higher performance tires you know, to match what the vehicle manufacturers want to have them manufacture their cars, um, they might not have uh, the, the better uh, winter all-season capability mm. that people might remember. Right. How do you know when it's time to replace your tires? I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, when they're worn out. But how about age, cracking, deterioration, things like that? Um, you know, we, we've had a lot of uh, questions about tire age over the years. Yeah. You know, when, when's, when's the time to replace a tire? Well, you know, there is no chronological age, and I think it's, a, it's, it's kind of a misdirection to give people some idea that at, at X number of years, the tire is not going to really perform as well just because of the age. I think an analogy, I mean, I've heard people call an analogy, well, a tire is like a rubber band. Once it gets older, it just snaps. You know, a tire is not a rubber band. It's a mm. very sophisticated, engineered product of multiple rubbers, steel fabric, and, and other compounds. Uh, so they last for a long, long, long time. However, um, think about, you know, just uh, you and me. I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 50, and I like to think I'm in pretty good shape. But, you know, if you're a, a, a person that eats right, exercises, does the right things, gets sleep and everything else, you know, you're going to live a long time and a good life. Someone else might smoke, drink, not eat right, uh, put on weight, be very sedentary, and so forth. Um, and and maybe they'll last as long as as the healthier person, but they're not going to be as not going to be as good a shape. And so that's a different sort of life. And a tire, you have to pay attention to how it's treated, how it's used, how it's stored, and whether it's maintained. And those are the factors that really will tell you how a tire is doing. You mentioned like cracking and so forth. All tires get a little bit of what we call weather checking. Mm. But when that becomes severe, you start to see longer of these cracks, and they start to really go down, or, or they start to, to deepen. That's a sign that you know, the tire's been you know, exposed to elements, maybe not been cared mm. for, and it may need replacement. Well, for tips like that and other tips, where can our listeners go? Uh, we have a, a lot of information on our website, which is www.dtiresmart.org. 
So it's BeTireSmart.org is where you go to find out more information about your tires, how to take care of them, the right thing to do. Uh, it's so important when you think about how important tires are, not just getting you down the road, but helping the car stop and steer. Uh, tires are a super critical part of you know making sure that your car performs properly. And, uh, Dan, I always appreciate it when you give us a call a couple times a year and you know just try to remind everybody about how important it is to take care of the tires on their car. Well, we always appreciate it here at the Rubber Manufacturers Association that you uh, invite us on, and, and I always enjoy the conversation, and it's, um, I hope uh, that your listeners um, able to uh, hear what we said today and, and, and tell their friends and relatives and all have a happy Thanksgiving and a holiday season. Well, they've got to get that turkey over to, you know, Grandma's house or something. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, thanks again for joining us up here in Boston, and uh, talk to you again in probably six months. Okay, thanks, All right, John. take, take care, care, Dan. Bye-bye. That was Dan Zielinski. Uh, he is the uh, Senior Vice President of Public Relations for the Rubber Manufacturers Association. You can go to BeTireSmart.org and find out more information about how to take care of the tires in your car and uh, really the things you need to do to really make sure they're okay and not make the mistake I did, which was forget about the spare tire. We need to take a break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. We will be back shortly. WROL Boston. Fast and reliable. That's City of Boston Credit Union. Hi, I'm Dan Pae. If you're in the market for a new or used car, you need to check out City of Boston Credit Union. With some of the most competitive rates around, they're sure to have a deal that meets your financial needs. Visit cityofbostoncu.com to apply now. Or call 617-635-4545 to speak with an experienced member of their loan team. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union family, I can tell you they have been loyal to their members in Boston for almost 100 years. With products and services for all your financial needs, check them out at cityofbostoncu.com or call 617-635-4545. Join me and become a member today. Membership open to anyone who lives or works in Suffolk or Norfolk County. With a variety of home mortgages, home improvement loans, and new government programs, they have the options you need. Check out their competitive loan rates at cityofbostoncu.com. At Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we've made our Black Friday plans, and they involve you. It's the number one shopping day of the year, and Sullivan Tire is extending Black Friday savings all the way through Sunday with a one-of-a-kind sales event you won't want to miss. All 67 Sullivan Tire service centers will be offering incredible tire savings from the crack of dawn Friday right through Sunday at 4 p.m. with this added early bird special. Buy two, get two free on Sullivan Value Line tires when you shop between 6 and 11 a.m. Friday only. Then all weekend long, buy three and get one free on all Yokohama, Goodyear, and Sullivan Value Line tires in stock. Plus, enjoy fantastic savings on all auto services all weekend. During the Black Friday sales event, all stores will be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for you to save. Visit SullivanTire.com slash Black Friday for complete details. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Sullivan Tire. Buy two, get two free. Must be invoiced by 11 a.m. Friday. Tires must be installed at Sullivan Tire. See store for complete details. You're listening to The Car Doctor. On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West L.A. Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Oh, but that one night Was more than just right and welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Our buddy Rick from Boston called in, speaking of Boston, and said, safe driving practices to and from the company Christmas party. Well, I don't, you know, there's a lot of companies that don't even have Christmas parties anymore because of liability issues and things like that. Uh, but the safe, the safe uh, practices uh, get a designated driver. Uh, you know, or, you know, have a group of people chip in together and get a limousine. Uh, 
don't take a chance is the thing to do. In fact, I was, uh, this past week, we were at the Providence Marriott where we were doing an award for cities and towns that uh, have great traffic safety programs in Rhode Island. And the Safe Kids Rhode Island group gave out an award to uh, a limousine company that uh, besides doing things like making sure that kids are in child pasture safety seats, they also are really big into making sure that people really, uh, really take the safe practices when it comes to, uh, you know, making sure they're doing the right thing for uh, for the company Christmas party, getting back and forth from the company Christmas party. So, uh, so uh, you know, that, that's one of the things you can always do, and you know, always just watch out. You know, always watch out for that. You know, think about a limo or other things, whatever you want to do like that might be a way to go. The other thing is, of course, uh, like I said, don't drink and drive. Uh, if you do drink, uh, remember every drink takes about two hours to get out of your system. So. Uh, and the other thing you have to remember is uh, when it comes to uh, drinking, what's the first function you, you, you lose? Is it balance? Is it vision? No, it's decision-making. So you say, I'm good, I'll have another one. So uh, Rick from Boston, that's some of the tips. Well, a week ago or so, I drove the new 2015 Mustang Big horsepower engine, six-speed manual transmission. In fact, maybe the best six-speed manual transmission, certainly that I have driven in a domestic car. Uh, just a great shifter, great feel to it. Um, just a great car we had. And then we had Stephen Lingon talk about the new Ford Mustang and how phenomenal it is. But then... Apparently, Ford didn't want to just sit around and hang out, so they decided, you know what, we're going to come out with a more powerful version of the Mustang, the GT350, legendary name. And with us on the phone is uh, Kerry Baldori. He is the uh, chief engineer of performance vehicles. Kerry, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. So what, you have 400 and whatever it was, 400 and 20 horsepower wasn't enough? You had to come up with more? More is always good. <laughs> uh, tell us about this new uh, GT350. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys had had a chance to go through it, but it, it was an exciting reveal on um, Monday this week. It was past week in L.A. Um, the car is a all-new, and it builds upon the you know the all-new basement of the Mustang that just came out that you were just referring to that uh, Steve Ling, I think, uh, yep. took you guys through. Yep. Uh, it's a phenomenal car. Everything in the car was focused on pure performance and balanced performance. We wanted to make sure that uh, power didn't outweigh the chassis and chassis didn't outweigh the performance of the, of the engine. Um, we spent a lot of time working on every single detail uh, for aerodynamics, for weight, for one sole use, and that was for performance. So when we talk about the GT350, uh, and we talk about the performance of it, it is not, you guys just didn't, you know, do a 1960s engine swap and just stick a bigger engine or a uh, more powerful engine in the same car. You guys really engineered the entire car around more horsepower. That's correct. The engine is pretty much an all-new uh, engine based on the 5-liter Coyote architecture, the 5.2-liter uh, flat-plane flat plane crank. Um, you know, the numbers that were giving at this point or it's going to be um, at least 500 horsepower and at least 400 foot-pounds. And it does utilize the flat-plane crank architecture to help uh, with some of the high-revving high capability and also take, takes advantage of some of the efficiencies and, and, and performance improvements that you get with a flat-plane crank. Now, 500 horsepower is a big horsepower number, but 15 or 20 years ago, it would be almost an unthinkable horsepower number. Yeah, absolutely. If you think back to even like the 2007 Shelby GT500, that was announced at 500 horsepower with a supercharger. We're doing it naturally aspirated. So there's so there's no uh, induction trickery on this. It's all it's all a naturally aspirated uh, engine with a uh, so that so that can only mean that at the Detroit Auto Show you're going to put a supercharger on one and make it like a million horsepower. <laughs> Well, I don't know if that's going to be true, but, um, yeah, this is a naturally aspirated engine. And it, you know, it's, it's no no forced induction other than open air box and all the great tricks that we did and efficiencies we did with the engine itself. 
Now, um, is you know when you when you look at when you look at this uh, the design of the new Mustang and the new Mustang is just it's a phenomenal car to drive. It just uh, you know and uh, it's just with the with the standard engine, it's a phenomenal car to drive. In fact, an, an auto rider friend of mine just drove the EcoBoost four and came back and he said. This is the most fun I've had with a car in, you know, 10 years. So the new Mustang, just chassis development, everything goes along with it. What are some of the other, what are some of the other changes that make the GT350 uh, just at one level up over, over the, uh, the conventional Mustang? Well, as, as we were talking first, for sure, the, the powertrain. Yep. And it's not only the engine, but also the transmission. Uh, we use a, a Tremec 3160 uh, lightweight transmission where we have a dual-disc uh, low-inertia clutch. Um, some of the other big things that are unique to the GT350 are the introduction of the Magnaride uh, rheological magnetic dampers, mm. um, which uh, gives us lots of tuning and uh, capability and allows you to go from uh, a, a fairly comfortable ride to basically a race-tuned Mm. Uh, chassis. Um, I think the brakes are one of the key elements of this car. We use very, very, this is by far the best brake system of any Mustang we've ever done. Uh, we use two-piece rotors, front and rear, very, very lightweight, but um, very, very large. And then we also have a six-piston Brembo caliper in the front and a four-piston Brembo caliper in the rear. Uh, the car uses coolers. Uh, for, for its engine, engine oil, trans oil, and rear diff oil. Wow. Uh, we spent a lot of time on aerodynamics and cooling efficiency, um, you know, including the integrated front splitter, uh, the sealing of everything in the front from sealing around the radiator to sealing the underbody in the front of the car, all the way to the rear diffuser, which acts not only as a, a true diffuser, which gives you downforce and, and with minimal amount of drag, but we also incorporated the rear diff cooler into that uh, diffuser um, and put the diff cooler in the back of the car using that air coming through the diffuser. Um, we have drive modes. We, you know, the base Mustang has drive modes. We've enhanced that uh, one step further. We've added uh, a fifth drive mode so that the driver can select what mode they want, whether it's sport, uh, racetrack, weather, or um, what we call a drag strip mode. I thought it might have been the oh my god mode. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I think those are the, yeah. the main. No, that that's that's phenomenal, and I mean, it sounds like you truly developed a switchable track car here. One that is one, you know, listening to everything that all the design that went into this. I mean, it really sounds like not that long ago these would be all the features you'd find on uh, an Indy car. <laughs> Close, yeah. Yeah, that, that, so uh, I guess the real question is, how many of these are you guys going to make? We're not announcing any of those numbers now. Yep. I think those will come later later uh, next year as we get into the launch phase of it. But you are going to make it. We are going to make it. You are yeah. going to make it. Well, it sounds, it, sounds, it sounds pretty exciting when you, when you talk about cars that are designed like this. Uh, you know, it looks like, it looks like you just, uh, you know, looked at the variety of different things and I, it's, all I can say is it certainly sounds like that uh, Camaro-Mustang uh, fight is back on again. It is a very unique car, and, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, it really builds upon the great Mustang that was just released. Right. It has so much capacity, and we've taken it to that next step that I think uh, is a level that everybody at Ford should be proud of. Yeah, no, it's it's... You know, you guys, you guys should be extremely proud of the Mustang you just introduced, and it's just out on the market. That is such a phenomenal car, and when you add this extra engineering to this car, uh, to me, this sounds like, uh, like I said, this sounds like something that when I first saw the reveal of the of the Ford GT, for instance, it sounds like it's you know this sounds like more of a car than that car was, and it's in a Mustang, right. Yeah, right. ph phenomenal stuff. Kerry, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday. I know you have a busy Saturday for this morning. And, uh, you know, uh, good luck with this new car. And uh, good luck, uh, bring you know, keep keep adding more performance at Ford. All right. Thank you again. Right. I appreciate you guys having All me on. All right. Thanks, Kerry. All that right. Was, cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving. That was Kerry Baldori. He is the chief engineer for Ford Performance Vehicles. I don't know. The, you know, Chevy came out with the Camaro Z28.
And everybody loved it. Everybody said it's a race car for the street. Now, all of a sudden, Ford comes out with the GT350. I think it's, I think the fight's back on. I don't know. Just my thoughts. Why don't we take another break? When we come back, our phone lines are completely open at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Guess you better slow your W-R-O-L Boston. Hello, I'm Carol Howley-Simmons, account executive for W-R-O-L Irish 950. Our legendary Irish hit parade started on Saturdays in 1967, the year Kevin White first ran for mayor, the Red Sox ran to their impossible dream, and the Black Velvet Band ran up the Irish charts. Like many of you, I grew up hearing Irish 950 blaring from every home, backyard, and car around town. Today, Paul, Matt, Bill, and Seamus still play, as John Latchford would proudly shout, all the latest songs from the Republic of Ireland and the old Irish favorites. Forty-six years later, this historic Boston broadcast reaches over six million people, and our digital stream covers the world. I'd love to chat with you about how your organization can reach our highly engaged, loyal listeners. I can be reached anytime at 617-691-2526. WROL Irish 950 makes history every Irish weekend. Come make it with us. Do you have questions about quality replacement windows and doors? I'm Brian Consolazio, General Manager at North Shore Window Solutions, North Shore's largest Marvin and Integrity window and door dealer. Whether you're remodeling, replacing old windows, or planning new construction, North Shore Window Solutions in Middleton is the best place to start. As an industry leader in product innovation, energy efficiency, and progressive manufacturing techniques, Marvin Windows and Doors offer a countless number of solutions for all your project needs. When you partner with Marvin, you'll find superior value through expert craftsmanship, the highest quality materials, and unmatched design flexibility. Here at North Shore Window Solutions, we have unlimited options, features, and energy-efficient solutions to fit all your budget and design needs perfectly. North Shore Window Solutions is the place to come. Our knowledgeable team will provide the best possible window and door solution for every project, every time. So stop by our newly expanded showroom at 239 South Main Street in Middleton and let us show you how Marvin Windows and Doors can be the solution for your next project. Call us at 978-762-0007 or visit us on the web at nswsformarvin.com. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And if you're listening on TuneIn Radio... If you use that application, and I know some people do listen on their iPads and other devices, now all the previous programs are also on TuneIn Radio. So you can go to TuneIn Radio and find uh, previous recordings. So uh, if you're so inclined to listen to the Car Doctor program and you want to hear you know, maybe something we talked about a, a month ago or six months ago, you'll find about 50 recorded programs on a variety of places um, iTunes now, Automatic, which is the website that actually hosts them all, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. So all of those places now you can find us. So if you're listening on TuneIn Radio and you, you go down and you go, oh, I kind of want to listen to this from three or four weeks ago when uh, John talked with such and such, or, or maybe you just want to hear your own voice. Maybe you were on the air that day. But right now, let's talk to John and Peabody. Hey, John. Good morning, John. Uh, how are you, sir? Good. Um... When the AAA or the garage checks your battery, do they have to unhook the, 
unhitch the cables? What's the procedure? No, they can. They, I mean, that's the best. That's absolutely the best way to test a battery is to actually take the cables off, clean the connections, and then test the battery without anything hooked up to it. But then you end up losing everything else. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no. What we have, we have, uh, we use a, a tool called. It's from a company called Midtronics, and it's a. Uh, it's a it's a really accurate battery tester. It doesn't really put a load on a battery. It measures it through some magic algorithm. And I remember talking to somebody, and we were like, you know what? I still like the kind the the kind that puts a load on the battery. And I remember we were talking about it. And he said, yeah, we tested one with the load one, and then we tested one with the uh, Medtronic's one. And the Medtronic's one said you need a battery. The one we put a load on it said it didn't need a battery. And sure enough, later. You know, three or four weeks later, the battery was dead. So the, these new electronic ones are actually pretty good, and they're pretty accurate. And they give you a really good indication. And um, I know this past um, Wednesday or Thursday, I was at one of our, uh, our road service facilities uh, where, we have, where we keep our fleet trucks, and they were already shipping batteries out to contractors because they had already run out because that Wednesday, it was Wednesday morning, it was, one of, uh, it was the first real cold snap there. And that Wednesday morning, a lot of batteries failed. Well, if I call AAA, how do they check it? Well, they'll, they'll come out and they'll use the Medtronics tester so they won't disconnect anything. Oh, yeah. very good. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, John. And have a nice Thanksgiving. And you as well. You as well. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030 is our number, 617-770-3030. Uh, as you're getting your uh, your uh, holiday ready, I suppose. Uh, our buddy Peter in Salem sent me a picture November 19th, 1959. Was the last, official last Edsel off the line in Louisville. So the Edsel line is discontinued. And it was November 19, 1959, the 55th anniversary, I guess, was this year. So, of when the Edsel was, uh, when, it, when it came to an end. We have, we'll do trivia in a minute. We have a, I think we have a, an interesting trivia question. Well, let's see. But right now, let's talk to Charlie and Andover. Hey, Charlie. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? Great, great. I got a couple of quick questions. Have you heard anything about counterfeit tires on the market? I read about that just the other day, and it was um, there are Chinese tire companies, uh -huh. but then there apparently there are people counterfeiting Chinese tires. <laughs> so it's not that there's just a Chinese tire. There's uh -huh. a there's another factory that's making knockoffs of the Chinese tires. Wow! And they're saying those are not. They've had some reports that those are not safe tires. Now, wow. I haven't heard of anything like counterfeit Goodyear's or Michelin's oh, or BF Goodrich, yeah. but, um, yeah. you know, counterfeit, you know, uh, well, for instance, we had months ago, we had a guy on from, uh, it was actually from Canada, and he was part of a distribution network of something called the, the Salen Tire Company, which is a Chinese tire company. And I've had really good reports of it, but, you know, could somebody be counterfeiting those tires in China? You know, somebody, uh, my, my neighbor who travels a lot said to me, uh, there is an entire, and I thought he said it was in China, but it might have, I thought he said it was in China, that he said there's an entire mall dedicated to knockoff products. So so it's like, you know, you, you go buy, you know, a TV or a computer or something, and it has yeah. a name of it, but it's it's all knockoffs, and they actually sell them at a mall. And, you know, is there somebody out there selling, you know, fake tires? Maybe. Yeah. Now, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't really new either because back, I remember, this was probably 30 years ago. I was at a, probably more than that, 35 years ago, I was at a class at General Motors Training Center. And they had a bunch of parts, and they weren't just um, General Motors parts. They had Ford parts and General Motors parts and Chrysler parts. And you looked at the boxes they came in, and they showed you the AC Delco part. They showed you the Motocraft part. They showed you the Mopar part. And then they showed you boxes that looked almost identical, but the colors were a little bit different. The, the lettering of the name was a little bit different. It did still say Motocraft. It still did say AC Delco. But right. they were actually 
counterfeit parts, and one of them was a control. I remember one of them was a control module for a Ford, like you know, nineteen seventy, you know, seventy five Ford Torino or something. And what it was, it was an electronic box that runs, you know, ran the ignition system, and and I don't remember how many wires was on it. We'll say it was ten. Well, in the factory one, they cut it open, and the ten wires went in and went to various circuits inside the box. On the knockoff one, they cut it open, and only five of the wires were actually connected. Wow. The rest of them were there just for looks. So I guess anything can be counterfeited. And, you know, they wondered why. You put it in, and the car would start up, but it wouldn't run right because half the stuff wasn't right. connected where right. it was supposed to be. So, so, wow. I, so yeah, Chinese, I, I read that story about counterfeit Chinese tires, yeah? Yeah. Well, I got one more quick question. Sure. You got time. Uh, I, I hit a channel uh, last night. Uh, the senators had the Honda and Chrysler representatives there, and also the Japanese guy that. that, uh, that oh, the make, airbag guy? Making the airbags yep. and all that baloney. I was wondering, they say a lot of these Hondas, I don't know why it was just Honda and Chrysler. I guess there's quite a few other cars. Oh, there's a ton, yeah. Yeah. But they're saying they're only concentrating on the on the southern states where it's more moisture and all that baloney, you know. And yep. like, like one senator says, well, a lot of people have not traveled down south and stay down south, you know, and they're not yep. checking them cars. Now, wouldn't it be easy for these uh, dealers just to disconnect the fuse to disconnect that airbag till I get it fixed? Well, other than the airbag saves lives, and uh, and they don't all, you know, they don't all fail the same way. So it's sort of like. You know, it's a, it's a hard one to call because it's sort of like saying, oh, my, my front door lock isn't working right. Maybe what I'll do is just leave the door open, well, and, you know, and it's, you know, and then the bears come in and get you, you know. No, so if, if yeah. I thought my car, I got a 2002 Focus, if I thought it might be a, a, a one of them airbags in that, I would disconnect the fuel yeah. until it was fixed. Yeah. I wouldn't ride around with no, it. No, you're not. You're not the only one. You're not the only one who said that. In fact, somebody just emailed me the other day and wanted to know what fuse you disconnect. Just for that right. reason, they they said I'd rather take a chance. Yeah, but but, uh, but it's the same sort of chance. It's like, um, well, it's a it's a chance. But do you? It's a chance you're not going to run into somebody. Well, so I, I yeah. drove around for many years without yeah. airbags. Without airbags, yeah, me I too. So. It. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay, Charlie, Thank you very much. take care of yourself and Bye. have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. You yep. too. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's talk to our buddy Bill. He's got an update. Good morning, John. What kind of update, Bill? I got an update on the Ridgeline that we uh, I oh, yeah. to you about last week. Well, come to find out, um, there was no oil. They they took it to the dealer mm -hmm. and to change the oil. Yep. Well, he drained the oil, but he never put oil back in it. Oh, they'll do it. <laughs> so it seized up. Yeah, and snap the um, the timing belt. Ooh, and and the and uh, then must be an interference engine because yeah, it is. Um, you know the pistons come up and yep. crush the valve. Yep. So it's a, it's a, a new engine, but the dealer fessed up. They're gonna they're gonna pay for it. Yeah, well, well, they have they all all good repair shops have. Um, it's sort of a it's sort of a liability insurance for that. It's it takes care of workmanship, but separate than their regular insurance. Right. So they actually have it. You know, it, it typically has a pretty good deductible, but but still, if you know, you do something like that, um, you know, you you got to be responsible for it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually they give you a fight talk, and they, um, you know, you have to go to court and all that. Yeah. They fessed up. I was pretty impressed. Well, that's good. Who was the dealer then? It was uh, a dealer in Worcester. I don't know their name, yep. but it's a Honda dealer in oh, Worcester. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Probably somebody up there on Gold Star Boulevard Probably. or some, somewhere yeah. up there. Yeah, but, that, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, let's face it, mistakes happen. Anybody who's ever worked on cars for their whole life probably had that experience of, you know, they drained the oil, they were doing something else, they were doing something else, they reached over, turned the key, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, the lifters didn't get quiet, you know, and then ran yeah. over and went, oh. Oh geez, I forgot to put oil in. You know, unfortunately, nothing bad happened. But you know, stuff stuff can sometimes happen, especially. And you that's, know, a, that's not the first time I heard of this. I mean, oh no, 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 um, no. Know. I used to blame I used to blame the canteen trucks. <laughs> you know, the canteen truck comes in, somebody's in the middle of doing a job, and uh, yeah. you know, yep. and it's like, oh, I, I, and then they don't think to pull the dipstick just to double check. But exactly, I, I've also seen shops where they'll uh, drain the oil, put the oil in. Get distracted by something, and then put the oil in again. Oh wow! And all of a sudden, now you end up with ten quarts of oil in yeah. the car. Yeah, and uh, 
if you're lucky, you notice it right away. If not, you notice it when the rear seal blows out of the engine. So, I have I have a quick question. Sure. Um, the uh, it, it, I'm I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they use synthetic oil in this, but if I would imagine that the engine would seize probably after five miles of driving it, but I think they drove like thirty miles before the thing seized. Yeah, I it's it's possible. Uh, how many mi- was there a lot of miles on the yeah, engine? Yeah, it's over 100. Yeah, you, you know, it could be that you know, I all I can tell you is uh, years and years and years ago. Now, this is going back to, you know, before Marita was born. And um I used to have I used to have a customer that uh came into the garage where I worked in and every time we changed the oil, they always said put STP in the engine. Put STP in the engine. And um, I was like, okay. So I didn't have a lot of faith in STP. Right. And um, we, we put STP in the engine. He called He called me up and said, uh, said, ah, the oil light's on. And I said, well, check the oil, see how it is. And he said, yeah. He said, yeah, I'll do that. And a couple days later, he shows up in the garage and he said, and I said, oh, what, whatever happened? Was it low on oil? He said, I don't know. The oil light's still on. So I said, well, I said, well, maybe it's a, just just a bad sender. Took the oil sender out, put an oil pressure gauge in. Almost no oil pressure whatsoever. Oh, wow. This guy drove around for a couple of days, so probably a couple hundred miles, I think, with yeah. no oil pressure in the car. And the only reason I can imagine that it didn't seize the engine up is it was so sticky and gooey from the STP in there that it collected oh. enough on the engine that it kept it kept it from seizing up. Now, of course, the you know there was still oil in the pan, so it was lubricating the barons. Sure. But the but the rest of the engine had no oil at it. You know there was no oil squirting around that engine at all. So, you know, oh. so you kind of you kind of you know other than just being bathed in oil, it wasn't being forced through the journals the way you would think it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so and who knows maybe with you know the a hundred thousand miles worth of accumulated oil and you know oil buildup on this engine it was enough to keep it going for yeah. 30 miles or so i know synthetic is pretty good stuff so, yeah synth- uh, synthetic good stuff and and the other thing is temperature is a big key yeah, uh, right. remember remember the uh you know the infomercial i don't remember what kind of oil product it was but they used to freeze an engine in a big block of ice to yes. drain the oil out of it and they'd spray it with a fire hose and they'd say look at this look at how good this additive works there's no oil in this engine because and we're Sprayed it with a fire hose. We're abusing it so bad. Well, really, all they were doing was keeping the keeping the engine cool. As long yeah. as the engine was cool, it didn't need oil. There you go. So, <laughs> so it's all a little trickery sometimes. Indeed. Okay, well, I Bill. Just thought I'd give you an update. All right. Okay. Take, take care. care. Man. Yeah. Have a good Thanksgiving. Bye bye now. Well, why don't we do a quick trivia question? And this one I got from a listener, sort of, and. Um, We'll give away. I think I still have some tickets to the Boston Auto Show. I will be getting more, by the way. But tell me the name of the car. And this was back in the 70s, which they said, introducing the new blank. Can you tell it? Introducing the new blank. Can you tell its looks from a $20,000 Mercedes Benz? Well, that gives you an idea. Back in uh, 1978. A Mercedes-Benz only costs $20,000. But introducing the new 1978 blank, which is uh, which you can easily, according to this picture, confuse with the impressive new $20,000 Mercedes-Benz. What was that blank car? What was that 1978 blank car that you confused with the $20,000 Mercedes-Benz? If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and we will give you some tickets to the Boston Auto Show. We'll be right back. W-R-O-L Boston. Hey, it's Kurt again, your interstate battery guy in Woburn. I know you're feeling it too. Temperatures are dropping. 
and weak batteries are going to make it difficult to start your engine. To make sure your battery will get you to grandma's and back as often as necessary over the holidays, stop by our Interstate All Battery Center in Woburn. We'll be happy to check it all out for you. We're located just off Montvale Ave at 30 Nashua Street, or look for us at interstatebatteries.com, Woburn. And remember, always ask for outrageously dependable interstate batteries. I want you to know that you too can shout it out. Now wait a minute. That is give a shout out or personal message for the whole Christian world to hear. Wish a spouse or a friend a happy birthday. Wishing happy birthday to you. Congratulate a special couple on their wedding or anniversary. Or proclaim an upcoming church event. Whatever the occasion, shout it out. Get a 30-second shout-out message on WEZE and WROL only for $25. Have your shout-out posted on both WEZE and WROL websites for one full week for $20 or do both for $35. It's easy to do, so find out more at WEZE Radio or WROLBoston.com and click on shout-out. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program and AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And if you spent the dollar and a quarter for the Boston Globe today, you can read about a couple of things, including a review of the Jaguar F-Type convertible, a car that I have driven, which uh, was actually, uh, that article was actually written by Jerry Cronenberg. Jerry Cronenberg used to be the auto writer at the Herald. I wonder how it feels to write for what, you know. What was the other competition? And it's hard to say who owns what papers anymore. I do a, I do, my column appears on the, Wash, on the Washington, on the Worcester Telegram website. And I just understand the Worcester Telegram got sold again. Uh, it got sold about six months ago when John Henry sold it, uh, the Boston Globe guy and the Red Sox guy, I suppose, you know, if you didn't know that. And then, uh, then the company bought it, and now they sold it to the same people that own the Quincy Patriot Ledger and the Brockton Enterprise and the Cape Cod Times and the Providence Journal. And they all use some of something called Best Ride for their automotive stuff. And um, I do a question once in a while for the Best Ride Midnight Oil Auto Blog, which our buddy Craig Fitzgerald writes. So um, we do that. And then you can uh, go to... you on. If you look far enough through the automotive section, you can find the Ask the Car Doctor section where I talked about uh, replacing an old Land Rover with a newer, smaller SUV, uh, modern hybrid cars, somebody who wants to replace their headlights with LED headlights, which I don't think is necessarily a great idea because they won't be legal. And then somebody asked a fantasy question, if I had a $175,000 budget, what kind of car that I would buy? And this person said they would buy a Bentley. I'm a little more practical. I would spend $130,000 and buy that Mercedes S Coupe that I drove a while back and a $50,000 boat. I think that would be a good choice. So if I had $175,000 to spend. And it's right next to actually the Herb Chambers ad. And I was at Herb Chambers uh, dealership, the BMW dealership this past uh, week. They were doing a uh, uh, something with the electronic IEEE people. 
the uh, which is electronic engineering something something. And they were there, but there was sort of, I thought it was going to be a talk about the kind of connected car and telematics technology, but it was more about electric cars. Um, but there was one of the engineers there actually bought the BMW i3, which is a pretty nice-looking little, well, pretty odd-looking, but nice-handling, good-riding electric car. I've driven one. But while I was there, a guy came in, and he was uh, looking at the car he was picking up tomorrow, which was an i8 which is, if you've seen the BMW commercial, it's the Gullwing-style BMW. The doors lift up on the sides. And I said to him, uh, oh, this is a pretty nice car. I said, I actually drove one for about half an hour. Um, interesting car. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in the healthcare industry. I try to solve healthcare. He's not a doctor. He's not a doctor. He was, apparently he's in the, uh, in the uh, business part of, the healthcare industry. So I guess spending 140000 or whatever, his fantasy coupe was a BMW uh, i8. So half electric, half, uh, well, actually a hybrid of sorts. So a very, very fast hybrid. Well, let's see how we did for people guessing trivia. What was that 1978 car that it was hard to tell from a $20,000 Mercedes? Let's go over to line one. Let's go to Rick. Rick? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, was that a K car? It was not a K car. No. Oh. But good try, though. Um, another question. What sure. Aspirated engine. Normal aspirated engine. What is that? Yes. It's it's where the air just gets in the engine all by itself. So in other I words, just, it doesn't use a it doesn't use a pump like a supercharger or a turbocharger. So it's just air that comes in just under normal you know characteristics of the engine. So, so for instance, if you think of an engine as nothing more than a pump, it sucks in air and pushes out air, That's that type of engine is a normally aspirated engine. A supercharged engine or a turbocharged engine actually forces the air in under pressure, and, that, and so that would not be a normally aspirated engine. I see. Okay. Okay. Thank All right. You. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. Over to line three to Tim. Tim? Yes. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. How about a yank? How about no? Oh, gee, I I was thinking people would get this right away, but good try though. Already, all right, thanks, Tim. And over to line two to Gary. Gary, hi, John Paul. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Um, I believe that was the Ford Granada. It was the Ford Granada. Yeah. Yeah. Which I got to tell you, you really had a squint. You had yeah. a you had a squint. You had to put on somebody else's glasses, and then maybe maybe it looked like a Mercedes. Well, do you remember uh, Casper Ford tricked a few of those up a little with a little different hubcaps yeah. and uh, stuff back in the day to yep. make them look a little. Yeah, more. they put they put more of a rounded grill on them, and yeah, did some did some other striping to them. But uh, uh, a previous winner of of uh, trivia sent me the ad because we were talking about it, and he said. Um, and in the ad, it shows uh, one, two, three, four, uh, four different uh, pictures of the car. Actually, I guess it's eight or nine different pictures of the car. And it says, check uh, which car you think is which. Compare the answers at the bottom of the page. So you check off, you know, which which hubcaps are the Granada hubcaps, which hub. And this is how far, you know, you, we forget about hubcaps. Even Mercedes had hubcaps. But, oh, yeah. you know, which seats were Mercedes seats, which seats were Granada seats, and... Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe if you squinted a little bit or a lot, that Granada looked like a Mercedes. But well, well I drove one uh, back in '78. It wasn't. It was a pretty good car. It had the 302 engine. Yeah, actually, actually, compared to a, everything. yeah, compared to a 1978 Mercedes, it probably they. You know, I. You know, as much as everybody talks about Mercedes and luxury. Um, I, you know, now they're, you know, phenomenal cars. But I, I my feeling was, you know, I, I know, you know, people hate me because of this, but I don't think some of those early Mercedes vehicles were all that great. I, I yeah. was agreeing on you yeah. on the, with the Mercedes. If I had the 175, I'd like uh, one of those SLS. Oh, yeah. Model. Yeah. Well, if I, first off, I don't have 175,000. Yeah. <laughs> and if I did, I'd probably buy... You know, I don't know. I'd buy, I'd buy a really nice car, a really nice truck, and a, and a nice enough boat. Sure. Yeah. 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 And then I'd end up with the. I'd have to leave some money left over for divorce. 
Hey Gary, st- uh, stay right there, and we will okay. get your uh, we will get your name and address down, and we'll send you out some tickets to the auto show. Okay, happy Thanksgiving. You as too. You as well. Okay, take care. Thank you. So Marita will take care of that, and I'm going to say hello to Paul Sullivan because we're already into Paul Sullivan time. This is the uh, Paul and Paul segment, <laughs> right? I suppose. Yeah. Hey, hey, how much did that um, Granada cost compared to the twenty thousand? Um, I want to say it was probably like six or seven thousand, but yeah, I don't I was know. Say it was like four. Yeah, probably. But it shows it's it's kind of an interesting picture. Yeah. But yeah, if you go, mm, if if I put if I put your glasses on and looked at it, well then maybe, maybe I'd think it looked like a Mercedes. Well, I told you about the when I, the cataracts were fixed, right? Yeah. I looked at the mirror and said, "Boy, did you get old?" It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I said. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, know, I I look in the mirror every morning and say that. Well, that's why God makes vision go when you get older. Is that what you it don't is? want so, to be seeing? So, what you're so you seeing. look better. Exactly. So, God is so, wise. so it's so, so it's sort of like um, you haven't seen anybody for a long time, and their their image is sort of frozen in time. So if you haven't seen somebody for twenty years, that's the last way you remember them. Yeah, and then when they show up twenty years later, you're like, oh my, <laughs> you go, wow, holy <laughs> moly! Hey, um, where'd the time go? So um, speaking of time, time Thanksgiving Thanksgiving music for the Irish Hip Parade. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We're fine. Huh? So, how about the best in Irish music? Turkey with Paul and the Sullivan. Straw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, all that. The very best in Irish music with Paul Play Sullivan. Play something by the Cranberries. Irish- yeah, no. Cranberries. You're not going to let me finish, are you? No, not. I know. <laughs> Until next happy week, make sure you John. wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be, de- be good to your car, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.